The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk to one of the biggest influencers in the podcast space about marketing, technology, and health and wellness as well. Joining us is Scott D. Clary, who is the founder of the Success Story Podcast, which focuses on speaking to incredible people who have achieved success through trials, tribulations, wins, and losses. They document life, careers, and stories that help pass lessons on to others through insights, experience, and tactical strategy for business professionals, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. And outside of being a world-class, world-famous podcast host, Scott is also the CEO of OnMe, which is a health and wellness startup. And today, Scott and I are going to discuss Gary Vee-style podcast content marketing. Here's my conversation with Scott D. Clary, the founder of the Success Story Podcast. Scott, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. How's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate it. If I had a podcast red carpet, it would be rolled out right now. I'm thrilled to have you as a guest on the show. Honored to talk to a famous podcaster like yourself. Oh, I'm honored to be interviewed by a famous podcaster who's been doing this at scale, at a much larger scale than me as well. So thank you for you know giving me a couple minutes. I think we scale in terms of content volume, in terms of number of ears listening to the content. I'd probably give you the nod. Let's not compare chip stacks. That's not what everybody <laughs> wants to hear. You've been doing this for a while, very successfully. You've built a content marketing machine for your podcast. You're doing it at a health and wellness startup called OnMe. And you've got a, a strategy for content marketing, what we're calling the Gary V style podcast content marketing strategy. I think it's the Scott D. Clary podcast marketing strategy. I'll take it, but it's neither. It's neither me. It's neither Gary V. It's something that I've heard a few times. Gary V. gets headline clicks, so let's call it the Gary V. for the title. All right. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you're doing on the content marketing side. Share the secret sauce. So the biggest issue with content marketing is always thinking of new things to put out, new things to post, new creatives. It's something that's the bane of everybody's existence, especially in a startup or in a side hustle mostly because it takes energy. It takes a ton of energy to always be posting across all channels. If you think about all the different channels that you have to hit all the time, right? So a good content marketing strategy will be hitting the Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to go take it a step further, content marketing strategy is going to be hitting your website, Medium, 
everywhere you want to put content and you have to constantly be showing up, constantly be putting out new content all the time for various reasons. Obviously, social media, most of the content there doesn't have a long lifespan, maybe YouTube excluded, but most of the content lives for a couple minutes or a couple seconds if it's in Twitter. Also, if you have a strong content marketing strategy on your website, obviously you need to have nonstop content going out if you want to have any sort of impact on ranking, on keywords, on driving traffic, on organic SEO. So you always have to have content going out across everywhere. Content, I'd say, doesn't cost a lot to create compared to, for example, paid, but it's the one thing that can differentiate your business. So if you understand how to content market at scale, then I feel like you can really separate yourself. And it's something I'm sort of leading up to my strategy that I quasi learned from Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, that I implemented in my own podcast to allow me to, as a side hustle, constantly put out content, build this incredible community, all from this core content pillar, content marketing strategy. So the goal of this content marketing strategy is to always have content that ties back to whatever objective it is you're trying to achieve. So let's say I'm going to use a podcast as an example, because that's what I do. That's what Ben does. So the goal of my podcast for me in particular is to generate reach, is to generate awareness, is to tie the incredible conversations that I have with people back to my brand. But if it's in a B2B context, the goal of your podcast could be to generate leads. It could be to generate awareness. It could be in terms of B2B podcasting, there's a few things you can do. I know that for B2B podcasting, you could be creating a podcast that would allow you to have conversations with your ICP or buyer persona. And if you have that as your core content strategy, your podcast is having all these great conversations with your ICP or your buyer persona, then that would be something that obviously is probably drive leads for your business. But it's not just having the conversation. You want to find a way to take that core pillar content, and then you want to find a way to include that in your content marketing strategy that sort of gets blasted across all your social. So Scott, what I'm hearing from you is you mentioned the pillar content, and I think of this as taking your long form content, you're taking your podcast and you break it down to be used in multiple different channels. Basically, you're making your long form content into various formats of short form content. Talk to me about how you do that. How are you breaking down your content? So you're basically getting multiple bites at the apple with every piece of content you produce. You said it much more succinctly than me. I was kind of talking in circles. So I want to start from there and then we can break it down. So the reason why you want to do this how to do this properly all starts from that pillar, that first pillar piece of content. So that pillar is that long form content that Ben, you just mentioned, you're going to eventually break down. So you have to figure out what that pillar content is. If it's in a B2B context, let's not use my example. Let's use a B2B context. If you have that pillar content, that content should be, if it's a podcast, conversations with people that are your ICP or buyer persona, the questions you ask should be questions that your ICP or buyer persona would be asking. Because if you create that pillar content, that long form 30 to 60 minute podcast, for example, content correctly, then all the content that you derive from that will be great content that you can push out across all your social media. So I think it is important that you set up that first piece properly. After you do that, say you have a 30 to 60 minute audio and video clip. Well, of course, you take that, you have a podcast now, you take the audio, you have a podcast, you take the video, you're uploading it on YouTube, just as is. And you can take that a step further. You break it down into three to five minute clips. Those can go up on Instagram. Those can go up on Facebook. You can break it down into one minute, two minute and 40 clips. Those can go on Twitter. You can take little quotes out of your conversation. You can put those up on Twitter as well. You can break that video even further down into TikToks, Reels, Snapchat, Spotlights, YouTube Shorts. 
So you can see that as you break this content down, you have all of these actual creatives that you can blast out across all your different social channels. Now, what you can do with that pillar content as well, you can transcribe it, you can turn it into a blog. I transcribe all of my podcasts. I turn it into a blog on my website. I also post it onto Medium. I also write a newsletter that's based on the conversation that I had with somebody in that podcast. So if you go through all the different things that I broke it down into, I took that one pillar piece, audio, video, podcast, YouTube, I turned it into a blog on my website. I turned it into a blog on Medium. I turned it into a newsletter. And then I also turned it into a whole bunch of social assets across Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, also smaller clips on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So that one pillar piece creates web content, social content, and you can pull as many pieces out of that as you want. But you can pull 30 to 50 different pieces, different assets out of this on top of the actual written assets that you can derive from like a 30 to 60 minute long form interview style podcast. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So the conversation I want to have is a couple fronts. One, we do a similar thing. We create audio podcasts. We don't do video. We turn it into tweets and Facebook posts, and we syndicate it around social media networks. And for my show, it's like those are moderately successful. We get a little engagement, depends on what channel. And to me, that content is mostly published for the guest, right? Hey, the guest recognizes that we are sharing content that is focused on them so then they can share it because they have a larger following. I don't actually think that the social media content that we're producing for our podcast on its own reaches a large audience. And so I don't think it has a big impact on our business, but it can be shared through other channels or through the people that we're working with. You're going a step further, A, because you're doing video, but also you're doing the type of social syndication that we do. How do you figure out what the value is when you're producing 50 pieces of short form content across eight different channels from one pillar piece of content? How do you figure out what's working? How do you evaluate whether it's worth the effort or not? First of all, it's important to have a process in place so that the effort is as minimal as possible. For example, 
when I'm editing my video, I'm putting timestamps at every single question as I'm editing my video. So I can break that into little clips quite easily. So there's not a lot of effort. And then once you have those little clips, you do have quotes, you throw it into, if you want me to name tools, I use otter.ai to actually transcribe it. It does a pretty good job of transcribing very little editing. I can put that right up onto my website from that transcription. Then I already have a newsletter mostly written out of the key points that we had with the conversation, a little bit of editing. And then if I want to talk about like social clips, now I actually have a small team that does it. But before I was using an app on my phone called Vemly, V-E-M-E dot L-Y. It does like those Gary V style clips and you can have all your presets and you can have all your formats set up. It does a transcription for the social clips in the actual app. So the process is actually quite expedited. You don't want to have a very laborsome, complicated process because then it does reduce the value of that activity for sure, unless you do have a large team that can produce this for you. So I'm talking about people that may just want to start if they're entrepreneurs, for example. You don't want to dedicate all of your marketing resources. You don't want to hire people like a full team of video editors, a full team of copywriters outside of what you already have. So maybe this is something that if you have your process in place, you have the tools and tech that allow you to do it quite simply, then it's not so labor intensive. So Scott, how do you measure the value when you're creating that much content? I think that first of all, you have to buy into the concept that to be effective on social media, you always have to be showing up and you have to be putting out a lot of content because people's attention span is very short. So I buy into that because I can then go to GA, Google Analytics, I can see where my referrals are coming from, and then I can actually track them if they're converting into whatever product or service that I'm selling. So I can see the growth on the actual social channel in terms of the vanity metrics, like the followers, the likes, the comments, that's fine. But then I can actually see how many of those followers are converting onto my website. And then I can actually see how many of those followers that convert onto my website actually turn into sales. So I can actually tie a dollar value back to the amount of content that I'm actually pushing out. Because if I'm pushing out this much content, then I'll notice that this many people are coming in from my social, these many people from that audience that actually click through from my social onto my website actually convert into paying customers. So that's one way to do it for like a SaaS self-server like D2C, but it would be the same if I had like leads, I could also track those leads coming in. So I think that the high level takeaway here is there's a volume of content and a consistency of content that you need to produce to stay relevant, specifically in social media marketing. If you're going to spend the time recording a podcast, being a guest on a podcast, producing something that is relatively long format, there's no reason that you can't either hire freelancers, contractors, figure out some technology tools like the one Scott mentioned to be able to convert your long-form content into short-form content. Staying relevant is what matters, and you're using Google Analytics and basic web tracking to figure out how you're getting from your social media activities onto your website, and then you could figure out your ROI. There's a cost component to this. It sounds like you're doing a fair amount of editing yourself. I was at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, we rely on contractors, freelancers, and for what it's worth, 7 to $12, that's kind of the range for people to do administrative and marketing tasks that we've seen maybe even up to $15 if you're doing somebody who's doing strategy. You know, we're not talking about a high value per hour based on the U.S. rates, but obviously we're taking advantage of the economics of geography. How do you evaluate how much it costs to break down, let's say, one video that you're creating into podcast and what's the output you would expect to get from it? For myself, it's a little bit different than what it would be for a business, right? Because I'm trying to build a community. So I'm not tying my personal results to revenue. 
if I build a larger community and I can see that in those vanity metrics, if I build a larger, more engaged community, then that will lead to a larger following. And then that will lead to like, I can command a higher ad rate because I have a larger community. So my CPM is like 36 to 39, whatever. Then I have a larger community. It's quite easy to do the math on that if my community is always growing. You're trying to build an audience and eventually that turns into revenue, but it's not a direct conversion. It's not a direct, as opposed to if you're actually doing it for a business, then you can actually see that direct. Now, I've never run a podcast for a business before though. (laughs) That's a caveat. I've never run a podcast for a business, but my content marketing strategy for business is the same social strategy. It's just a little bit more laborsome because it's not that podcast pillar broken down into all these different social media posts, content strategy. For me, it doesn't work for D2C right now. I find that UGC content is a much more effective investment for D2C versus a conversation like this broken down into smaller little clips. But regardless, if I was going to be an enterprise B2B, I think it would be highly valuable because I know the type of content that would attract a buyer to an enterprise software product or a B2B product would the type of content, the type of questions that that buyer would have would be the questions that I'm asking CMO, CFO in my podcast. So now I know that as long as that podcast, that pillar podcast content basically captures the questions that a buyer would have, then all the derived assets from that pillar content is valuable. And that does lead to actual leads coming from your potential buyer, your prospect. So I think that that's really important that you get that pillar content down. So it's not just a random podcast. I think that it's important to note that when we're having a conversation, if this was, if we were going to do this for an enterprise B2B product, I would be asking you questions that my buyer is asking because then all my talking points are relevant pieces of information for my potential buyer. This is what I was trying to get to before at the beginning. I didn't do a good job of explaining it, but not only am I asking you questions because you could be a potential buyer as a guest on my show, potentially, but also all the derived content is questions that I know that my buyer is asking. So I think my biggest takeaway is that this Gary V, this Scott D. Clary style of content marketing, where you're breaking down your long form content into short form content, and you're syndicating it across multiple channels, you're getting your tweets, your sound bites, your stories and slacks and smacks and ticky talkies and everything else you can do, you're spreading it everywhere. And you're basically trying to grab enough attention to get someone to engage with the pillar piece of content with the hopes that that then incents them to join your community or gets them to answer some questions and consider your product and service. It is not a content strategy that is meant for every single type of business. There are different types of businesses that are more transactional, which don't require this type of influence building, repetition, the number of touches. And that's what Scott and I are going to talk about in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Scott D. Clary, founder of the Success Story Podcast. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Scott and I are going to talk about his marketing strategies for the e-commerce wellness space. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Scott, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is successstorypod, or you could visit his website, which is scottdclary.com, which is S-C-O-T-T, the letter D-C-L-A-R-Y.com. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Scott's e-commerce business, you can find a link to his website at onmepatch.com. That's O-N-M-I patch.com.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J. J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.